Hello, and welcome to Cavancast. Hope you're well. I'm in Scotland, having a good time. I'm working on the van, I'm working on myself, I'm working on everything, baby. Everything. I I am enjoying the fresh air. I'm enjoying the little things as much as I can. I'm currently not in the van. I'm in a living room of my friends, surrounded by a lot of plants. A lot of plants. Including one of those... So I didn't know these existed, right? They are... I can't remember what they're called, but they're like the Venus flytraps. They're like the older brother of the Venus flytrap. And um, they have like... It's a plant that has like, like jugs, basically. I don't know how best to describe it, but they're like little like pouches that flies will fly into and they have like sticky stuff at the bottom and they go into them and then they can't get out again. That is, um, that's the thing that happens because, you know, we're in the middle of nowhere and there needs to be ways to get rid of some of the flies. Otherwise, they'd all just be co-hosting the podcast. And there's just too many flies to do that. I'd never get a word in. There'd be just too much buzz. Well, there's the first part of the day, starting off strong, solid. I hope you're looking forward to a few words. If you have not listened to Cast before, what we do here is use a random word generator to generate five random words. And then I just talk about them. Whatever comes to mind. Fun things. Interesting things. Things, man. Stuff and things. So for the first word, we are going to rock down to Electric Avenue. And then we'll take it higher. Avenue is the first word. And I know exactly what road I want to go down with this. Oh, pun number two. Uh, it is time for some knowledge, okay? For myself, more than anything else. Again, a reason I love doing this podcast is that it actually makes me look up answers to questions I've been asking for ages but never have gotten. You know what I mean? I've never gotten the answers to these questions I've been asking for ages because I've never bothered to go and look for them. Um, And this question I'm asking is why different roads have different names? And by that, I don't mean the obvious answer of, so you know your way around, so you can tell the difference. I mean, thank you, I got that bit, I figured that bit out by myself. But no, I mean, um, I mean, why, why are some roads called roads, some called avenues, some streets? You know what I mean? What makes a road a road? You know, bro? Road, 
Yeah. So I found this article uh, that explains just that. It's time to learn about some classifications, my dudes. Phil Edwards and Gina Barton write, What if there were a grammar to the type of roads we drive every day? Streets, avenues, and roads aren't named at random. Many use a series of conventions that, once you recognize them, become impossible not to see. Though some of these rules have been muddied over time, if you tour your neighborhood, you may find these names are a surprisingly effective way to decode our roads. So the first is road, the most general category. This is a way that connects two points. A street is a public way with buildings on both sides. Often, it runs perpendicular to an avenue. Avenue, the word of today, a public way, often in a city, usually with trees or buildings on the side. Frequently, it runs perpendicular to a street. A boulevard, a large, wide street, with trees on both sides. Often, there's a median with trees. A lane is a narrow road, often in a rural area. A drive, often taking its contours from the natural environment, like a mountain or lake, it can be a long, winding road. A way is a small street off a road, Court ends in a circle or loop and doesn't provide a throughway. A plaza, also called a square, an open public space surrounded by buildings or streets. A terrace, usually used to describe a street following the top of a slope. A place, a road or street that usually has no throughway. A frontage road, I've never heard of a frontage road, also known as an access road or a service road. It runs parallel to a larger road, providing local access. A highway, a major public road that usually connects multiple cities. An interstate, is a large, typically federally funded network of roads that are a part of a highway system. It may go between states, but it doesn't have to. So a lot of these are American terms, but um, most of them, like you know, like Lane Drive Avenue, they're all the same. But highway, interstate, and turnpike, freeway. There. I don't know if they're exclusively American, but we don't tend to use them in the UK. So, um, a turnpike is a part of a highway. It is usually a toll road. A freeway is part of a highway system. It is a large road with two or more lanes on each side. So that's what we'd call a, a motorway or a dual carriageway. A parkway is a large decorated public road named Parkway for the parkland that always appears, often appears, on the side of the road. A causeway 
is a raised road that passes across low or swampy ground or water. A beltway is a highway surrounding a city. I've never heard of that. A crescent is a winding road that resembles a crescent. Huh. Wow. Uh, which may attach to a road at both ends. An alley is a small pathway between buildings which may or may not be drivable. And an esplanade is a long open path near the ocean or a road near the ocean. And there we go. I now feel educated and I have an answer to my question one of the many questions I have always swimming around in the back of my mind. I hope you now feel educated too. Please feel free to refer back to this episode whenever you need to know why a certain stretch of asphalt is called what it's called, uh, which will clearly be a common occurrence in your life. I mean, why would it not be? That's uh, or, or, you know, a question that often comes up. Um... I'm just glad it now all makes sense. Which is the second word of today. Ooh. Ooh. That's a neat trick. That sense of yours. Little Spider-Man reference for you then. Sense. A sensational word. Wait, does sensation come from sense? Hang on, it must do. If something is sensational, like the word, it means it's like highly effective to the senses, right? Okay, okay, this makes sense. Because, yeah, because sensation, like, like I, I feel a burning sensation in my... <laughs> where do I feel a burning sensation? In my left phalange. Saved it, saved it. Could have gone down a very weird path there. Um, what does it say? Oh, there we go, yeah. A physical feeling or perception resulting in resulting from something that happens to or comes into contact with the body. And that has clearly led on like throughout the ages to mean someone or, you know, something that is a sensation because they have the effect of exciting the senses. You know what I mean? Sense, a faculty by which the body perceives an external stimulus, one of the faculties of sight, smell, hearing, taste, and touch. The bear has a keen sense of smell which enables it to hunt at dusk. Question, which bear is best? False, black bear. I thought I'd already put that in a podcast, but I haven't. I put it in a um, a TikTok ages ago. Maybe I did put it in a podcast. I don't know. It's a great quote. Go watch The Office. Let's not forget sense of humor, common sense, incense. <laughs> okay, the last one was a reach. No, you can become incensed, can't you? That is a word. Like, I am incensed. What does it mean? What does it actually mean? What does it mean? What does it mean? Uh, okay, that's interesting. So to become incensed is to become 
very angry or enraged, which is strange because incense the stuff, like the little sticks that you burn, are for the purpose of relaxation, aren't they? And cleansing. And they're not spelt different either. They're both spelt the same. With a C. Shane. What is going on here? What have I discovered? The biggest conspiracy theory of our time. No, I'm sure it's probably a load of old nonsense. Yes, that was amazing. I know. It's all coming full circle. In organisms, a sensory organ consists of a group of interrelated sensory cells that respond to a specific type of physical stimulus. Via cranial and spinal nerves, nerves of the central and peripheral nervous systems that relay sensory information to and from the brain and body. Via cranial and spinal nerves, nerves of the central and peripheral nervous systems that relay sensory information to and from the brain and body. The different types of sensory receptor cells, such as mechanoreceptors, photoreceptors, chemoreceptors, thermoreceptors in sensory organs transduct sensory information from these organs towards the central nervous system, finally arriving at the sensory cortices in the brain where sensory signals are processed and interpreted and perceived. So basically, Thing make body go, hmm, and body ask brain, and brain go, ah, or ooh, or wah, and then body go, ah, or ooh, or wah. And that is how we science. Ta-da! You're welcome. Okay, so there's this thing called the... V- how do I pronounce that? Vomeronasal organ. Vomeronasal Many animals, salamanders, reptiles, and mammals, have a vomeronasal organ that is connected with the mouth cavity. In mammals, it is mainly used to detect pheromones of marked territory, trails, and sexual state. Reptiles, like snakes and monitor lizards, make extensive use of it as a smelling organ by transferring scent molecules to the vomeronasal organ with the tips of the forked tongue. In reptiles, the vomeronasal organ is commonly referred to as Jacobson's organ. In mammals, it is often associated with a special behavior called flamen. F-L-E-H-M-E-N, characterized by uplifting of the lips. The organ is vestigial in humans because associated neurons have not been found that give any sensory input in humans. Okay, so vestigial means like it doesn't really, like it's there but it doesn't do anything. Like a spleen. Spleen doesn't do anything anymore. Like that, that's a vestigial organ, I think. And the, the uplifting of the lips is that, that's like, like when horses are like, yeah. when they make that funny face, you know what I mean? 
like they lift the like the top lips up. I think that's what it means. I'm I'm telling myself that's what it means. That's mental. I mean, well, actually, technically, it is because it's the brain, neuro. <laughs> Dude, that's that's neurological, bro. Dude, that's neurological as, yeah. Yo, that party was neurological. I'm using it. I'm making that a thing. Neurological. Um, I wonder how much stuff within us humans is is just lying there dormant. Like what powers? Like maybe we can fly. Maybe we don't actually know. Please don't try to fly. Please, please, please do not try to fly. That was obviously a joke. Unless... No, no, it was. It definitely was. Okay, moving swiftly onto the next word. It's dressing. Dressing. How do I talk about dressing? Um, salad dressing. Medical dressing. Like bandages. Bandage. You wouldn't want to get them too confused, would you? Hi, yeah, can I get some dressing for my salad? Why? What is wrong with it? Nothing, it just needs dressing. Uh, okay, here you go. Uh, you just wrapped my salad in a bandage. Yeah, it needed a, a dressing. You said it needed a dressing. <laughs> no, what needs a dressing? is your terrible service in this establishment. Oh my God, that joke was going nowhere in my head. I can't believe I managed to save it in some way. Dressing, addressing, addressing. I was like, this is, this is, this is, what am I doing? I'm talking about wrapping a bandage around a salad. This isn't, what is this? Why do you think this is comedy? What's wrong with you? (laughs) So you remember at the beginning when I said, I just talk about what comes to my mind. This is this is the issue. It's not always gold. It's not always gold. Why don't you just edit it out, Cav? Because I'm honest, okay? We out here. Honesty is key. <laughs> Sometimes I can hardly believe my genius and other times I can't believe I can put clothes on in the morning. Or as some may call it, get dressed. <gasps> That was good. That was a bit of a save there. So salad dressing. Uh, what, what what types of salad dressing are there? Um, well, a salad dressing is a sauce for salads used on virtually all leafy salads. Dressings may also be used in making salads of beans, such as three bean salad, noodle or pasta salads, and antipasti and forms of potato salad. Oh, I love potato salad. Um, Salad dressings can be drizzled over a salad, uh, added and tossed within the ingredients offered on the side, or served as a dip with crudités or chicken wings. In Western culture, there are two basic types of salad dressing. Vinaigrettes based on a mixture, a mixture. Normally there's an X in that word. Not today, a mixture. Vinaigrettes based on a mixture of olive oil or salad oil and vinegar 
and variously flavoured her with herbs and spices. <laughs> What was that? Uh, um, and variously flavoured herbs and spices, salt, pepper, sugar, and other ingredients such as poppy seeds or ground Parmesan cheese. <sighs> Parmesan cheese. <sighs> I'd love for someone to have a look at my brain. Creamy dressings, usually based on mayonnaise or fermented milk products such as yogurt, sour cream, creme fraiche, or buttermilk. In the United States, buttermilk-based ranch dressing, ranch, is the most popular. I'm not surprised, man. Ranch is pung. It's so good. Solid. Solid. Um, With vinaigrettes and Caesar-style dressing following close behind. So we have... A balsamic vinaigrette. <laughs> balsamic vinaigrette. That sounded like Yzma more than Elmo. Uh, blue cheese, boiled, Caesar, French, ginger, green goddess, Italian, Louis, Louis dressing, Mayfair, honey mustard, peanut sauce, ranch, Russian. Salad cream. Oh, I love salad cream. Tahini sauce. Thousand Island. And wafu. I, uh, no, I really want salad. I've never craved a salad, but now I really want a salad. Just like tomatoes, I used to absolutely loathe tomatoes. They used to make me feel ill. And now, love them. Okay, so from nice... Lovely salad dressings to something slightly more taxing. Tax. That one was a bit on the nose. I understand that. I accept that. But I don't really I don't really know how to make tax interesting. You know, there's also a slight challenge there because I also I make this podcast to be relaxing and the word tax comes up. Which is inherently not relaxing. I do like to set myself a challenge, don't I? I do remember one history class in school, actually. Uh, One of the only history classes I actually remember. We learned about tithes, which is where in the olden days, where one would have to give one-tenth of one's earnings, whether that be um, cash money or produce to the government. Oh, wait, no, was it the church? I want to say it was the church. Okay, hang a boot. Um, a tithe is one tenth part of something. Hmm. Uh, paid as a contribution to a religious organization or or compulsory tax to government. Okay, so it's both. Give a tenner to Jesus and Boris Johnson. Uh, today... Tithes are normally voluntary and paid in cash or checks, whereas historically tithes were required and paid in kind, such as agricultural produce. Produce. Um, After the separation of church and state, church tax linked to the tax system are instead used in many countries to support their national church. Okay, so although that's my memory, there is a flaw here because that is not the origin of taxes. 
Okay, so the word tax first appeared in the English language only in the 14th century. It derives from the Latin taxa, which means, or taxari, taxari, which means to assess. Before that, English used the related word task derived from Old French. For a while, task and tax were both in common use. The first requiring labor, the second money. Oh, it's like if something's taxing, then it's labor, laborsome, labor, it's knackering. Uh, so words like duty were used to suggest a more appealing purpose. Political spin has just, a long as, just as long a history as taxation, and neither has been detained unduly by the meaning of words. China has one of the longest of all written records, and we know that taxis were levied here some 3,000 years ago as the empire was being established. Powers, usually military, that were able to impose taxes created the first bureaucracies to collect and administer them. Under the Egyptian pharaohs, scribes were charged with raising funds in any way practicable, practice, yeah, practicable, including a tax on household cooking oil. Regular audits were conducted to ensure the oil was not recycled, perhaps the first historical record of avoidance. The book of Genesis in the Bible suggests that a fifth of all crops should be given to the Pharaoh. The Pharaoh is definitely there, like at the beginning of the Bible, <laughs> at the writing of the Bible. Hey, so uh, what'd you write in there? Oh, just the Bible, the word of God and all that kind of thing. Oh, really nice. Uh, you should totally put in uh, that everybody should give me like a fifth of their stuff. Why? Because I'm the Pharaoh. Yeah, but why? Me and God are, are, are pretty tight, so uh, you, you could probably say that. Uh, okay, sure. Yeah, totally. Cool. So uh, look forward to reading that. <laughs> and then goes and does Pharaoh things. Um. The city-states of ancient Greece imposed Aishpora to pay for wars, which were numerous, but once a war was over, any surplus had to be refunded. Athens imposed a monthly poll tax on foreigners. Imperial Rome used tribute extracted from colonized peoples to multiply the bounty of an empire. Julius Caesar imposed a 1% sales tax. Augustus institu instituted a, an inheritance tax to pay, provide retirement funds for the military. However, human bondage Oh, he remained the most lucrative form of tribute for both Greece and Rome. So basically, since the beginning, it's always been, hmm, you, you shouldn't have it all, probably. Probably, probably should give some to us. Really? Yeah. Why? Because. Because. Yes, exactly. Tax. Income tax. 
okay, this bit, this bit, I think I knew. Income tax was first imposed on personal wealth in Britain in 1798 to pay for the wars with Napoleon. It was billed as a temporary measure renewable annually by Parliament and has remained so ever since. It still expires on the 5th of April every year. A year after the Battle of Waterloo in 1815, it was repealed. In the general election of 1841, Sir Robert Peel opposed income tax, but once elected, he reimposed it, reducing customs duties at the same time. I'm, I'm not even going to say it. I'm not even surprised. Like I say, here is not a place for political opinion or debate with here to chill out and do whatever you know here is a place for anecdotes and uh, me embarrassing myself or facts about things what do you think about things oh that song man do you remember it have you heard it firstly the absolute banger that was Iceland's 2020 Eurovision entry and would have been the clear winner by such a landslide, like such a landslide and was such a, such a funky fresh tune that they had to create a pandemic to stop it from winning because it would have been too powerful a tune and would have gone far too hard and would have destroyed life as we know it. Wait a second. Anyway, it was by, it was by, oh, Dali, Dali Freya. I think that's how you pronounce his name, Dali Freya. But his, and his band is called Gagnamagnith. Dali or Gagnamagnith. So Dali and Gagnamag. Gagnamagnith. Anyway, him. Go listen to it, man. It's such a good tune. Moving on to the last word. Fairy. That is marketing done right when the first thing I think of is fairy liquid instead of Tinkerbell. Maybe that's because I was playing the logo game the other night, though. Good game, that. Very good game. Recommend it. Uh, I don't know what the equivalent is in America or Australia. Or even Europe, to be fair. Germany has fit. Is that right? I think, I don't know. Is fairy anywhere else in Europe? Let me know. Let me know on Twitter. What a weird thing to request someone to ask, to, to answer me on Twitter. At Kevin Kingston, where you're from and what your local washing up liquid is. Ah, <laughs> oh, this podcast, bro. Do you reckon I could chat someone up in a bar successfully with, hey... Uh, I noticed you from the other side of the bar and uh, I couldn't help but wonder what's your favourite dish soap? Fairy? Oh my god, mine too. You want to get out of here? Uh, okay, apart from fairy liquid uh, the second thing that comes up after fairy liquid is uh, Navi from The Legend of Zelda and saying that now, I've realised it's been a while since I've mentioned Zelda in an episode. Okay, is everything alright? Perhaps I need a fix. That's probably what it is. If you haven't played Zelda, um, every 
Kokiri child of the Kokiri forest has a fairy companion that stays with them kind of forever and, and helps them out and Link, the the protag, uh, has Navi. Navi is his fairy companion. A fairy, also fae, 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 just different spellings of fae, fair folk or fairy, is a type of mythical being or legendary creature found in the folklore of multiple European cultures, including Celtic, Slavic, and it's like Celtic again, Slavic, Germanic, uh, English, and French folklore, a form of spirit often described as metaphysical, supernatural, or preternatural. So, so despite fairy origins being angels, demons, or spirits of the dead. My pop culture dash thinks of fairy liquid, Tinkerbell, fairly odd parents, the tooth fairy, and the fairy godmother from Shrek. I think I need to go read a book, which I'm gonna do actually very soon. So <laughs> go subscribe to my YouTube channel if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, there's already some readings there and there's gonna be a few more real soon and i think i'll leave it there i could do like a whole episode on fairies i think and and that kind of like supernatural stuff which i i, I will do i think um i'll have like a supernatural episode that'd be cool not like a scary halloween one just maybe stuff about like folklore kind of stuff that'd be cool all right i'll do that i'll do that um so i'll catch you in a bit all the socials are at Kevin Kingston. My Patreon for one bonus episode a week and bonus content is patreon.com forward slash Kevin Kingston. I look forward to seeing you there if you'd like it. But either way, I'll speak to you soon. Take care. Bye.